Well, hello there. It is great to see you again, and welcome back to the latest installment of Path to Abundant Living. I am your host and moderator, Ryan Ruff, and as always, we've got the guys, Matt Norman, Scott Morrison, joining us from Morrison, Norman, and Associates. We're going to be unpacking another wealth management-related topic. That's what we do here on the show, and today, we're going to be taking a little deeper dive into a topic that we did touch on a little while back, and that's just the general topic of asset protection. Well, today, we're taking a little bit of a more nuanced approach approach into that and let me frame this up you know in a way that is just easy flat out easy to understand and that is look while divorce rates throughout the US have generally been falling for some time lately the sad fact remains that there are a lot of marriages out there that just don't work out so today we're going to be examining a few ideas some and options really for protecting your financial assets really safeguarding them from an ex-spouse in the event that maybe your marriage uh, you know to yours or that of a loved one ends in you know a divorce and obviously and we've heard so many stories out there of divorces being messy last thing you want is that but if you ever are faced with the divorce you want to make sure that the plan is in place to safeguard those significant assets from an ex-spouse so with that being said let's go ahead and bring the guys on scott matt it's good to see you guys this morning how are we doing good morning Ryan. great to see you hey scott good to see you too hey matt Always good to be with you guys. And hey, we've got a, a touchy topic to dive into. It's not, it's not the most fun topic for us to get into today, but it's a worthwhile one. So Scott, let me throw the first question over to you. Let's set the scene, start high level here like we tend to do on the show. The topic of divorce is obviously uncomfortable, but no one really wants to envision the end of their marriage and whether it's for themselves or even maybe somebody that they care about. But it is an outcome that should be factored in when it comes to wealth planning. Uh, you know, to talk to us a little bit about this and just why you feel that it really is a factor at the end of the day. Well, I just had my 34th wedding anniversary over the weekend. And when my wife asked me what the topic was for this segment, I had a little trouble uh, coming up with an answer uh, <laughs> because it just didn't seem like the right timing. And I think that's the big issue here is what whenever you're uh, thinking about getting married, and, you know, how do you have that conversation about all the planning you're going to do while also planning for what happens if we break up? Uh, so it's it's obviously probably pretty short-sighted that you know you completely ignore the possibility of divorce when you're thinking about your wealth assets. Uh, but broaching the subject while deciding where the reception venue is going to be is 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 kind of emotionally charged. So. Uh, this is not something that's limited to just the, the couple that's getting married. It's also uh, applicable to the, the parents and grandparents and uh, even maybe some business partners. Of course, of course. And, and so, Matt, what, what would you say then about that idea that exists out there of like, well, hey, we're planning for a wedding, but we've got divorce and separation already in mind. Would you say that, you know, it, it increases the probability of divorce in the first place. What are your thoughts on that whole concept and idea? Really good question, Ryan. You know, as, as Scott was alluding to, conversations around divorce and money can be emotionally charged. And, you know, some people will foster that suspicion of and distrust going into the marriage of, well, if, if we talk about this, then it's going to make divorce more likely, you know, but others believe, okay, this can help create clarity and ensure that everyone understands the rules regarding, you know, who gets specific assets in the event that there is a divorce. So this can help, you know, that process go more smoothly. 
you know, it's, it's probably more likely that addressing, you know, these financial matters and resolving them going into the marriage may head off a nasty dog fight in the event of a divorce. Sure. Yeah. Get, get out ahead of it at the end mm-hmm. of the day. That's what we're saying here. But, but Scott, what would you then say, let's get into the weeds here. What would you say are some of the asset protection strategies that, you know, people should be looking into if maybe they are headed down the aisle sometime soon? Well, a good place to begin is to understand some of the basics of how premarital assets are viewed in comparison to postmarital assets. Just like it sounds, premarital assets are, are those assets you bring into the marriage that you had before the marriage uh, versus postmarital assets that are created uh, or enhanced after you know, the wedding takes place. Uh, so in general, the, the property that you bring into a marriage, you know, let's say an inheritance from a family member, you know, would remain yours. And likewise, any inheritance you might receive during a marriage uh, is generally treated as your own property. So uh, still being separate from your spouses. So that means in, in both cases, you know, a court is likely to demand that the, in, the inheritance be divided between you and your ex-spouse upon divorce, uh, wherein contrast marital property is is most of the personal property and the real estate that you acquire after you're married including you know income that you earn from your job roger that so so those are some of those preliminary asset protection strategies matt do those distinctions or rules around those depend on the state that you live in i would imagine they kind of vary could you shed some light on that very much so ryan you know for example laws in some states will include a person's separate property with the couple's marital property and consider all of it eligible to be divided up in a divorce. So yes, the rule of thumb about marital versus non-marital assets, it's just that, a rule of thumb. And so in the event that you're even thinking about these issues, you know, it's best to consult with an expert who has knowledge of what is and isn't allowed in your geographic area. Roger that. And and guys, I mean, we've seen divorce proceedings play out, you know, sure, maybe in our personal lives, we have a relationship with it, you know, so and so in your life got got a divorce X amount of years ago. We also see it in entertainment, in shows, movies and whatnot, we think we might have an understanding of how certain things work within divorce. But Scott, are there any important rules or really just concepts around marital assets that people don't really fully understand, or maybe they just need to get up to speed on because maybe they, they think they know, but they don't really know anything like that? Well, I don't know if people have to try to become experts on the subject themselves, but there are some ideas that are, that are good to know about. Uh, for example, there's this thing called transmutation risk, kind of a, a fancy fancy word, but in other words, it's those risks that non-marital assets will become marital assets in the eyes of the court because some certain circumstance occurs. Uh, let's say that your spouse, you know, and you each have separate bank accounts entering into the marriage, and those are considered non-marital assets. But until in, at the time that you actually contribute money to each other's uh, bank accounts after you're married, well, now you've got a, a commingling of those assets and you know that may be divided now uh, between ex-spouses in a in a you know in a court hearing. So there's always you know that related concept of active assets and, and passive assets as well. Active assets are are you know going to increase in value um, because you and your spouse took some part or action in considering it to be active. So for example, if you bought a home 
and you were in a really good real estate market and you saw that 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 home value went up well then you know that that asset's going to be subject to uh you know court proceedings and a divorce and something that you might have to uh you know make decisions about whereas in contrast passive assets might be let's say you inherited some stock or uh you had something where the portfolio value increased from the time that you were married. Uh, those can still be kept separate because it wasn't any action that you took. It was just the, the function of the market that the, that the asset was residing in. Got it. Got it. So, I mean, given all that guys, I mean, are there, are there essentially ways to maybe build a moat, you know, a hypothetical moat around each of these separate assets that you might own so that they stay separated or, or, better yet remain in your wallet if if you know divorce does come knocking the short answer ryan is yes you know an option that immediately comes to mind for most of us is the prenuptial agreement you know this is a formally uh created document that specifies which property you want to remain yours in the event you get divorced and speaking very generally it can make sense to consider a prenuptial agreement um, in certain situations, and Scott touched on this a little bit, is so, you know, let's say you have children from a previous marriage, and the, the prenup will spell out your expectations for how your children from a past marriage will be provided for financially from your estate. And this can prevent an ex-spouse from claiming assets that you want your children to have in the future. And so another one is you know, we talked about this briefly, you know, before we started today is, you know, what if one of you has significantly more wealth than the other? And so if there's this imbalance that exists, a prenup can formally detail which assets will remain separate in the event of divorce, or, you know, maybe you expect to receive an inheritance down the road. And, and that prenup will help ensure that assets you receive from your family while you're married would remain yours post-divorce. And, and one often kind of overlooked reason to consider prenup is what if you're part of a family business and that prenup will secure your interests in the family business that you bring into the marriage. Well, and those ownership interests and then potentially, you know, additional ownership interests that you, you know, gain during the marriage. You know, one potential problem is well, let's say you get divorced and you haven't factored this in. Well, now your ex-spouse can be part of that family business, which could be really uncomfortable for family members that are still working in there. And, you know, having that prenup can, can head off uh, a lot of these potential issues. Yeah. And this is the big one. I mean, this is the one that we hear so much about, uh, you know, just see it existing in entertainment or existing in general society these days are those prenuptial agreements, but Guys, if, if we're talking about bigger pieces of the pie or just more significant assets even that are at the disposal of the individuals involved in these, you know, are there any other tools or strategies that may go even beyond, you know, your, your typical prenup um, and what that can offer? Yeah, the, the prenup isn't bulletproof necessarily. You, you've obviously heard of lots of instances where they've been contested and overturned. Uh, so some divorce experts, you know, point people to trusts that can offer stronger asset protection in, in some cases. The one that comes to mind is the Domestic Asset Protection Trust. Uh, this kind of trust can shield assets from both creditors and ex-spouses. 
the, the shield is created by the irrevocability of this trust. So once you place assets in it, you can't just take them back or revamp the trust itself. Uh, this puts the assets out of the reach of most claims and excludes them from the category of marital property. However, unlike typical irrevocable trusts, you can name yourself as a discretionary beneficiary uh, of a domestic asset protection trust and thereby gives you some level of control. Uh, it's also really imperative that if you're going to go ahead and, and create a trust like this, that you need to have it in place and funded before the marriage actually takes place. And not all states, as we said before, not all states allow these kind of trusts and the rules governing them vary from one state to the next. So there's a lot to navigate here. Oh yeah. I mean, that's a deep, deep, you know, multiple rounds of conversations, you know, upkeep that's going on throughout. I mean, yes, that's a deep process. We appreciate you sharing that Scott, but let's, let's take the flip side. Now, Matt, are, would you say, are there any other strategies that exist out there that maybe are, are way less complex and just maybe flat out easier uh, for people to utilize, um, you know, that just, you know, make general sense can be easily implemented. Short answer. Yes. And, you know, we've mentioned a little bit of it, but, you know, separate assets can easily become uh, commingled assets. And so they become, you know, grouped together with little more than a few online transfers between bank accounts. And so, and if you want to avoid turning, you know, separate assets into marital assets, you know, there's a couple simple steps. It's, you know, put your money in its own separate bucket. You know, for example, don't merge inherited money into an account that includes your spouse's names or your spouse's funds. And so if you have uh, accounts before you get married, then you understand that you risk turning that into marital property if you deposit money into a spouse's account or similar if you just you know put those funds together. You know, another step is maintaining titles of property in just one name. You know, if you have a vacation home or other valuable asset that you acquired before getting married or remarried, you know, keep the deed in your name. Don't add your spouse to it. If, again, this is a big if, you're concerned about protecting that property. You know, that said, keeping home separate can become tricky. You know, if you spend some of your separate um, inheritance on a home that benefits both you and your spouse, the house may be viewed, you know, as by the court as marital property in a divorce. And so the best bet is to consult with, you know, a trusted attorney if you're unsure about how a financial move might impact the status of a particular piece of property. And so, you know, Ryan, let's face it, marriage and money are very sensitive issues on their own. And that's double when they're combined. You know, this is an area that could potentially have a big impact on your family's wealth. So it's probably best not to ignore it, you know, when, when looking at this, you can be purposeful and intentional, or you could say, as, as a client was talking about, you know, a problem I don't think about is a problem I don't have. And we all know if you don't think about it, the problem is still there. Amen. Amen. I mean, really well said there, Scott, and, or I'm sorry, Matt, and we've, guys, we have covered a lot of different specific issues. Um, actually, let me, let me take that again. <clears throat> 
Amen. No, well, well said, Matt. And guys, we've covered a lot of really good strategies and things to consider and potentially implement if you are maybe walking down the aisle that day or there are significant assets in play or maybe there's that imbalance that Matt mentioned earlier. Uh, a lot of good stuff for our audience to consider. But let's say they're sitting there thinking, oh, maybe I do fall into this situation. Maybe I should take some steps to talk about, you know, a prenuptial agreement or just even just open up a dialogue and just start talking about it and maybe they're interested in reaching out to you guys because these are conversations you're having with your clients on you know when when they pop up and and you're well versed in these areas clearly what would be the best way that somebody out there you know a member in our audience could reach out to you and your team to just like i said open up that dialogue start talking about whether or not there's a fit for this and just how they would go about this process should they be walking down the aisle someday soon well, we would invite you to, you know, place that phone call to uh, Morrison Nordman and Associates at 888-211-7307 or reach out through us uh, through our website uh, at morrisonordman.com. Um, and uh, we, we're involved in, uh, you know, the social media world as well. So if you want to catch us on our Facebook page or uh, in LinkedIn, Matt and I are both, uh, you know, connected in, in all those different ways. So Lots of ways to reach us. Fantastic. Well, thanks, Matt. Thanks, Scott. I appreciate you guys carving some time out of your day to jump into this topic. I know it's it's not a fun one to discuss, but, uh, you know, hey, it is a necessary one, um, you know, sh for for people that might be approaching this this time in their life. So I uh, appreciate you being with us and uh, looking forward to the next one, guys. Have a great day, Ryan. Thanks, Ryan. Alrighty, guys. And hey, look, we want to take one final moment, as always, and say thank you to the audience. <clears throat> we appreciate you guys jumping aboard here and being with us on the show today. If you took anything away from today's conversation, you know, you benefited from it in any way, shape or form. Uh, do us a favor, subscribe to the show on whichever platform you checked us out on today. That way you never miss a future, you know, episode. Uh, and of course, share this information, right, with any friends, family, anybody that might be faced with this type of scenario moving forward. Uh, you know, I've said it before on this show, and I'll say it again. We're taking the strategies, the solutions, the conversations that Matt and Scott are having with their clients routinely, and we're bringing them right here to you guys on this show. And by subscribing to our show, whichever platform that you you know is your favorite podcasting platform, you can be sure to never miss out on a great conversation full of value for you and yours. So for Matt and Scott, I'm Ryan. We're going to go ahead and say so long. But once again, we appreciate you being with us on today's installment of Path to Abundant Living. Securities offered through Securities America Incorporated, member FINRA, SIPC. Advisory services offered through Securities America Advisors. Morrison, Norman & Associates and Securities America are separate entities. All investing involves risk, including the possible risk of principal. Material discussed is designed to help provide general information on the subjects covered and is not intended to provide specific legal or tax advice and cannot be used to avoid tax penalties or to promote, make, or recommend any tax plan or arrangement. Please note, neither the presenters nor Securities America Incorporated provide legal or tax advice. Individual situations can vary, therefore the information should be relied upon when coordinated with individual professional advice. You are encouraged to consult with your tax advisor or attorney. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Diversification does not insure against loss. Guarantee language refers to insurance products that are backed solely by the claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company.